Hallelujah. Can we celebrate the Lord once again this morning? Are you ready for a great experience this morning? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege, the opportunity, and even the honor of standing in your presence as ministers. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you that amongst our kindred, you came into our lives and chose us. We pray this morning, Lord, that the word, the entrance of your word, will grant us beauty for ashes in our ministries. May this morning mark the beginning of a turnaround in our callings, in our ministries, and in every area of our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that you possess this atmosphere and drive out demons, drive out evil spirits, drive out negative entities, and subdue everything that is against the will of God. Holy Spirit, take over the atmosphere. Holy Spirit, take over this territory. Let it be yours. And minister to us, minister to our hearts, minister to our minds, minister to our spirits, minister to even our bodies this morning and as we stay in your presence this week. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may please be seated. We thank God for this morning. I want to welcome you to this second day of our art of shepherding conference i believe that god is doing awesome and wonderful things in our lives already we are going back to our churches to experience changes there that we are not responsible for amen we are going back on sunday to discover a new spirit a new environment that we ourselves did not even you know, engineer, because being here opens the door for the power of God to flow through anything that is connected to your life. And I know that God will do great things today. Today, I want to continue by actually dwelling on the theme for this conference this year, which is the beautiful job. Hallelujah. The work of a pastor is a very beautiful job. Very, very honorable work. Paul actually calls it the high calling. The high calling. There are many jobs in the world carpentry, medicine, being a doctor, being a driver, being a politician, being the president of a country, being an assemblyman, 
what else? A garden boy. But the work of a shepherd towers above any of these pursuits I have enumerated. Why? Because this is the only work you do standing in the presence of God. Standing in the presence of God to minister. This is the only work you do which is actually called the work of God. The work of God. And I'm sure you know that anything connected to God is glorious. Anything linked to God is beautiful. Anything linked to God is mighty. Anything connected to God is powerful. So you find people who have the opportunity to become pastors. Maybe they were lawyers already. They were engineers already. Then they discover that the ministry is a far higher job. A far more glorious job than the job of being a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer. So this morning, it is very important for us to understand that the ministry serving God (laughs) is an unparalleled endeavor of life. Serving God is actually beautiful. It's a beautiful job. Even though there are many pastors today who will not call the ministry a beautiful job. There are pastors who admire politicians. There are pastors who wish they had never entered the ministry. There are people serving God who don't find any joy in the work they are doing. Many are planning their resignation already. But in this conference, your joy and your interest will be revived. Yes. You see, because because the ministry was not meant to be done the way you are doing it. Yes. That is why your view of the ministry is so negative. If you go to Nsawan prisons, those of us who are Ghanaians, our main maximum security prison you will find people who are there because they practice law law I know someone who is there because he practiced medicine if he was not a doctor if he was a carpenter he would be in town but he is in, in Sawan prison because He practiced medicine as a doctor. There's a a whole section for accountants. 
Oh, please visit there. You will see. Yeah. They even have fellowships. Fellowships of accountants and lawyers and doctors and so in the prison. Yes. Yes. It's like full gospel. Yes. Different, you know. So, 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 so you can practice law and end up in prison. You can be a doctor and end up in jail. But I'm sure you and I will agree that it is only because of the way you practice the medicine. It's only because of the way you practice your law. I mean, you can't practice medicine and in your consulting room be having sex with patients. I mean, and those patients would never have encountered you. Would never have come to you if you were a carpenter or a surveyor or an accountant. Your relationship with them is only because you are a doctor. And in practicing, in examining them, you examined other areas which needed no examination. I'm sure you know there are engineers who are in jail because they practice engineering. Yes. They supervise structures which collapse and kill people. Manslaughter. So ideally, many pastors should have been in jail by now. See, only that our, our profession is not really legislated properly. Yes. Some of us in this room should be in jail because if there is medical malpractice or legal malpractice, then there should be pastoral malpractice. I mean, that, that should it's a, it's a profession. But many of us are walking around free. Normally. Even though you are involved in very high level malpractice. If we take your ministry and we put it by the statutes of the word of God concerning the ministry or pastors, you should be jailed. But we are here. Because there is no office that regulates pastor, pastoral life. You didn't preach well or you should have prayed for three hours. You prayed for only 45 minutes and so on. Some of us have been prayed for one hour in the past one month. One hour, just one hour. So, so I'm saying that your feeling about the ministry, the difficulties, the regrets, the pain in your heart, and what makes the ministry so obnoxious to you has to do with how you are practicing the ministry. How? The way you are practicing it is what is making the ministry a very, very unattractive work. I don't know of anybody who has seen you and wants to be a pastor. Even armed robbery, one pastor asked his son, what pastor? I'm not joking. He asked his son what he would like to be. If he said he would like to be an armed robber. Yes. Yeah, even armed robbery, 
robbery is attractive to some. Some people are growing up. People are in school who, when they grow up, want to become footballers. Very good science students who could uh, study architecture or pharmacy or biochemistry. They want to be footballers. Why? Because the people playing football have made footballing or that work very, very attractive. The ministry should have been that kind of profession. That any Christian in your church who is asked what he would like to do in future should say that he would like to be a pastor. I mean, I want to be like my pastor. When I grow up, I want to be like you. But some of us, our children, even in our home, our children don't want to be pastors. They don't want to be. So, Ecclesiastes 10, 17 is the, is the foundational scripture which says that the labor of a fool wearied everyone. The labor of a fool. Makes everybody tired. Because he knoweth not how to go to the city. The journey, the journey, the journey to a beautiful place is lost on that person. He doesn't know how. How to move from a dusty place to a beautiful setting. He knoweth not. Ecclesiastes 10, 15. He doesn't know how he should he will get to the city. So, it is knowledge that makes the ministry a beautiful job. And this morning, you can clap your hands. This morning, I want us to turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. We are looking at the work of a shepherd. The work of a pastor. Verse 11 of Isaiah 40 says... He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And shall gently lead those that are with young. He shall feed. And, and the word there is like a shepherd. So, so, so 
you see clearly what a shepherd ought to do. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So, we see clearly that the work of a shepherd is broken down into four big areas. It is these areas coming together that makes the work of a shepherd or a pastor a beautiful job. If you leave one out, it loses its beauty and its shine. And in this art of shepherding conference, that is the art of shepherding, the way of shepherding, how to shepherd, how to pastor. In this conference, I want to show you and, and, and teach you about these four major pillars. There are other areas and other aspects of the pastoral and shepherding ministry. But these are the big four big areas. So this morning, with the little time we have, we are starting to look at the first, the first pillar, without which you cannot call yourself a shepherd, without which you are involved in malpractice. Yes. Any, any one of these you drop leads to more practice and jail term. We don't want three over four. No. We don't want two over four. We don't want one over four. It, it only becomes a beautiful job when it is four over four. Only. So, number one is the feeding ministry. If you are a pastor, you need to be great in the feeding ministry. Because he said, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Now, if you are a shepherd, your sheep must be satisfied. Feeding, or, or is that not feeding? Right. Sorry, it's not giving food. Yes. Feeding, yes. Yes. If you are a shepherd, your sheep must be satisfied. 
when we look at your sheep, we should be able to tell what type of shepherd you are. When you look at David, it's easy to tell what type of shepherd he had. Whether he was a useless shepherd or a great shepherd. Based on what the sheep said. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want. I don't need anything. Because of the type of person who is my shepherd. Yes. Because of the type of person who is my shepherd. I don't need anything. I don't need any, any, any prophet's ministry. I don't need to visit a shrine. I don't need to do, I mean, I, I am okay with this particular shepherd. I don't, I, I shall not want means I lack nothing. And nothing is nothing. You know, there are some pastors whose members don't have any appetite for anything else. They are okay. Unlike some of us, when you are watching television, you see your members in, in some prophetic some uh, 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 places and programs. I don't need it. Honestly. It doesn't mean that those other pastors are bad or they don't preach well. No, 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 no. They may even be better than my pastor. But as for, you see, it's like, it's like, oh Jesus, help me. You see, it's like, it's like a baby and the mother. Yes. The mother may be an illiterate. She has no money. She, I mean, she lives in some Atakwami house. She cannot speak good English. But to the, to the baby, this mother's breast is the best. I mean, I don't care whether you are a lawyer, you are the, you are the, the female president of a country. I, honestly, I don't care. As far as my feeding needs are concerned, my mother is okay. That is how your members must feel. I mean, I was here. The monk is okay. I was here last year, sometime last year. Benin came to Accra. Benin, the, the famous Benin. I, I, I mean, we're having a normal time here. I didn't have, no, no, I don't have any appetite to go and see the money. I don't have any appetite. I mean, I'm fine. If I have some free spare time, it's just to sp- great men of God have come to town. Honestly, there are some meetings a, a pastor of a certain caliber may need to attend for political reasons. But not because he's going for something. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. When it comes to building a church, how to move a church from 200 members to 2,000 members, I don't need anything. My pastor's breast, I mean, there, there, there are many types of breasts, so. Yes. Types of breasts and sizes, and, 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 and yeah. Most women have normally have got two breasts. 
the average woman has two breasts. But there are some women with what we call supernumerary breasts. Supernumerary breasts. That is plenty breasts. More breasts. Yes. My mother, my pastor has got supernumerary breasts. There are even breasts on his back. His back. Breasts are hanging. And by the way, he's coming here tomorrow evening. Bishop Dagwood Mills will be here with us tomorrow evening. It's an honor. Yes. He doesn't have to be here. He's just coming to be a blessing to us. It's a great honor. Can your members say that Reverend Menu is my shepherd? I shall not want. No. He shall feed. So this morning. We are looking at the feeding ministry. (laughs) Now, what are the things a shepherd should feed his sheep with? If we can get it, we can close the meeting. What do you feed with? What type of food? Should a shepherd feed the lambs and the flock with? Now, the first food I want to talk about this morning It's a very special diet. From this conference, you will be known as a greater light. Yes, you will be known as a greater light. Now, the first diet is in John chapter 10 verse 15. That's the first diet we are looking at this morning. John 10, 15. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, so the first diet a shepherd gives the sheep, diet number one is yourself. You are the food. 
A shepherd doesn't give grass first. A pastor doesn't feed the sheep with the Bible. The Bible is not the first food a pastor gives the members. The first food a pastor gives the members is himself. There are many sheep who have not had their pastor. The, the pastor is detached. And you can tell. Today, I'm giving you breaking news. The sheep who do well, who flourish, who shine, who, who are able to say, I shall not want, are the sheep whose shepherds give them himself or herself. You are the first food your members must eat. Breaking news. You find pastors preaching nice. That's why the singer of our bishop told him that you see, and the, and the bishop was very surprised because he said he had sent his best and top delegation. His best pastors. I, I, I sent my best pastors to stand in for me in many things. But the singer, the pastor singer told him that, you see, thank you for your assistant pastor. But you are the one I wanted. Yes. Yes. You are the one I wanted. You don't care for me. When you call me, it's because you want me to sing. When you call me, I see the things you do for others. The reason why our sheep are malnourished in spite of our good preaching with Greek and Hebrew words, is because you have not given the first food to your sheep. He said, and I give my life. I give my life. A shepherd gives his life. Look, the sheep, your members, you may think they are fools. But they see what you are doing. You may think they are fools because they don't have the microphone. I am the only one in the church with the microphone. And they are quietly sitting there. But some of them in the church are more intelligent than me. Yes. And they see through your gimmicks. How on Sunday you lock the door and go home. They know that you don't even visit. You're not a pastor who visits. They know you. They know you. So if Latter-day Saints people come with rice and oil, they will get it. 
and follow them. Because you, if, if you see, it says that for he knoweth not how to go to the city. There's a place in ministry, the shepherding ministry, you need to know how to get there. If you have sheep, you are here, you are a home cell leader, you are a choir leader, you are a pastor of a church, you are a whatever it is. The first thing you feed your members with is your life. I give my life. I'm going to be reading to you. In this book, Out of Shepherding, in chapter 27, and you must get the Macarius because this is in it. This book is in the library. In chapter 27, Bishop talks about 35 keys. 35 keys that will make you a good shepherd. Shepherding skills. 35. Now, I'm going to be reading some of the things. One of them, he says, become a good shepherd by being known by your sheep. One of the departments of the shepherding ministry, like if you go to the university, there's a department of sociology, department of fisheries, oceanography, linguistics, law, engineering, aeronautics, different departments. One of the departments of the pastoral ministry is the department where you, you, you learn about how to get your members to know you. A pastor should not be a mystery man. Like a ghost who appears in the church building and goes away. He said, the confidence of sheep is built up the more they know their shepherd. You cannot pastor a congregation by being a mystical figure, a mysterious figure. Some of us are mysterious. The sheep want to participate in your victories, in your defeats sorrows and joys all these help them to realize that you are the, that you are genuine and that your words can be trusted they want to know they want to know you what makes you sad what made you ex- happy when you are preaching you don't give examples of politicians. Give examples of yourself. If you listen to me preaching, you hear I'm talking about myself, my marriage, my children, my, my, my past. My, some of you, your members think that when you came out of your mother's womb, you were holding a Bible. You came out with a, with a small New Testament. New Testament or, or a cross. 
you walk into the church lift your hands and receive something I was in the presence of the Lord yesterday and I, and, and I, and I, and I saw an angel and fine, fine but also let them know that you like rice a lot and eggs Yourself, yourself. A good pastor. Your members must know you. Your members must know you. If you are a woman, tell them about the day the food you cooked for your husband wasn't nice and he was not happy. To encourage the sisters that are. So if one day even my food is not nice, even, even my pastor, crap, even, even my lady pastor, even when she cooks, sometimes it's not nice. Tell your friend, your members, they want to know you. Another key. It says, become a good shepherd by giving your life for the sheep. It said, in addition to giving the sheep a better life, the sheep actually lay, the, the, the shepherd actually lays down his life in order that the sheep have a better life. Your life. He uses his life as an example to help the sheep get along. Get along. He sacrifices many things in order that the sheep may have a better life sacrificing today's pastor does not want to give up anything your sunday afternoon cannot be given up some of you should be full time in the ministry but you want to earn good money you don't want to do anything that will bring you pain No sacrifice. You don't give anything up. Rather, you rather cream of the things they have into your life. Many shepherds do not make sacrifices for their congregations. The reason why you are not a greater light is that there is a certain sacrifice you should have made that you have not made. Yes. And a sacrifice becomes a sacrifice when you give up something that is legally yours. Legally, lawfully, it's for you. But because of the sheep, you lay it down. You see, and you see if, you, if you look at the Greek word for the word life, I lay my life down for the sheep. That Greek word talks about the heart. You, see, you cannot give your life if your heart is not in it. Sacrifices. I'm talking about the first diet. The first diet is yourself. Your members want to eat you. You are the first diet. 
Don't be a mystery woman. Don't be a mystery pastor. Give up your time for them. If you are tired and they need you, put away your tiredness and respond to their needs. Sacrifice. John 10, 11. A good shepherd giveth his life. Hmm. Another way you see it all in that chapter, the 35 keys. One of the keys he gives us that will help you to give your life to the sheep, you yourself, yourself to the sheep, is that you become a good shepherd by relating to the sheep. Relationships. Relating to the sheep. Some of us are like prime ministers in our churches. Your members must book an appointment for three months before they find you. Meanwhile, you are not doing anything wrong. Your members are just 50. I mean, you are so busy and sweating about what we don't even know. He said, every shepherd must discover the art of relating with other human beings. Look, in the ministry, God uses our temperaments. When I say temperaments, I'm talking about there are different types of temperaments. We have the choleric temperament, the phlegmatic temperament, the melancholic temperament, and so on and so forth. It, it, it is a person's personality. Please listen very carefully. And God uses your personality. Yes. If you are a sanguine, God made you a sanguine always happy when you enter a room everybody knows you have arrived some people when they are in their room you must use a torchlight to find them ah, oh you are here oh thank you very much good but some people before they enter the room you hear their voice <laughs> yes different personalities some people are slow, generally slow. They don't, they are also lazy. Yes. God made them so. Yes. Slow. They don't, they don't, they don't, I mean, drive them. They are not driven. Cool. They are just there. We call them phlegmatics. God made them so. You will see that they are angry. Everything they, are, they are the civil servants. No matter how much you pay them, they'll still work for you. <laughs> the cholerics are in Abosi Okai. Yes. <laughs> they are in town. They are moving. Having meet, business meetings. Seeing clients and moving. No, but some people, he wakes up. Everything is made. You can, if you want to kill him at 745, you will find where he is. He wakes up, 
has his bag, goes to a torture station, takes the car to um, uh, Medina, takes another car to Accra Central, goes there, uh, and, and then he walks behind a house, uh, uh, an office block, two office blocks, the same pathway. He doesn't want to discover, it, like, where, where I stay. There's only one road I know to the house. A brother who doesn't live in the area recently showed me some roads, some routes I can use to my house. He doesn't live there, but me, that I live there. My one road, I, I, I'm not, I don't want adventures. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, the little road I have found, once my car can drive on it and I can get to my house, I'm fine. Why should I go and look at that other road, other this area, wasting fuel, wasting time? Because I need to be home early to sleep. No time for adventure. But God made me so. We are different. God uses the Abosheo Kani people. He also uses the Ministry of Social Welfare people. <laughs> he uses the musicians and the comedians. But ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to shepherding, you must learn to overcome your temperamental barriers and to understand that there are certain areas where your background, who you are, doesn't matter. You learn to overcome yourself. You cannot say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the quiet type. Yes, God is using your quiet type in the ministry for many great things. Yes. I'm the shy type. God is using it. Because you are the shy type, you are the quiet type, he's, he, he keeps you. You are not into very useless relationships, talking or gossiping. No, you are minding your business. You are in your corner building your church. There's a pastor I know like that. There's a pastor I know in a country. One of the, if, if there are three top pastors, he's one of them. He doesn't relate with anybody. No, no, you will never see him in that country in any program. He, he, and he has a huge ministry. No relationship. Concentrating on his church, building his branches. You, you won't see, though, there's a program or there was this, the, 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 the king of the country organized a, a program and that pastor was there. Never, but he's the top man of God. Quiet, like a mouse. school and he's building because God made him so but I'm saying that in the art of shepherding you don't bring your withdrawn quiet sigh I don't relate I'm not the relational type I'm not the type who is into people I'm the quiet type you cannot bring your quiet nature into the art of shepherding then resign because in the art of shepherding you must relate you must connect you want to be alone I mean I don't want to be in a group the last place I want to be is here this morning 
to be standing in front of a crowd. Why? <laughs> Why? Give me a dark room. Give me some slow music, nice music. A dark room and a bed. That's why I want to be this morning. What, 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 what do I need it for? What do I need it for? But in the ministry, you don't say, I'm not a relational type. I'm not the type who likes talking. Look, if you don't like talking, you must talk. Yeah, in, in, in the, in the, please, if you are not ready to talk, eh, drop, drop your tag and go away. Here, in the, the art of shepherding, that makes you a greater life. You may not relate with other pastors. You may not relate to the president. You may not relate with other ministers. But your members need you. Give them yourself. Relate to the sheep. You may not want to relate with me. That's fine. But your members. Your members. It's like saying that you are a nurse and you don't like giving injections. You are a nurse but you don't like taking temperature. I mean, why should you be lifting people's armpits and uh, uh, putting thermometers there? No. It's part of your work. No matter how the armpit smells, you, you must put the thermometer there. It's a criteria for your for your for your for your for your, for your employment. You must you you cannot cherry pick. I want to ask you, where in your office, if we take a break right now, and I take you to your office, where in your office or in, on your iPad is there any list of members you have lined up to relate with them? Oh, 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 okay, since you are a big man, your 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 administrator. Or your personal assistant. Does she have a list of names that on Sunday she's going to call three people to come and see you as a pastor? You are in a hurry to lock your door to go and eat or mutuo in the afternoon. You are a bushman. You are a bushman. I don't care how big your stomach is. You are a bushman. Please sit down. You're having a conferences. You don't stand up. Your members, the first food, he said, it shall feed. The first food you feed your members with, it's you. They want you. They want to see you in their houses. They want you. Oh, Bushman, they want you. They want to sit down with you. They want to chat with you. They want you to ask them questions. They want they want you. Everybody responds to love. have any idea. Maybe next year, uh, please note, remind me, we will have the Art of Shepherding Conference in uh, there's a pastor there. The one there. We'll have it in his church. His members will organize a conference and all of us will go there. So after check, get get his address and everything. Yeah, That's why you will know what it takes to organize a conference like this. Yeah. As you are sitting here, you don't have any idea, zero idea, how 
what you are seeing has happened. People who have given themselves, sacrificed, they will do anything, anything, anything. And the reason is not because they fear God, but because they have experienced me as their pastor. Me, me, moi. Will you have even five people in your church to organize a conference? Go outside. All the people you see in black or green t-shirts, or all the people, the lady. Th- this conference was organized by a lady. A woman who is not a full-time pastor. That's a message Bishop Interval preached yesterday. A lady who is not a full-time pastor. She's a lecturer in the university. She is the CEO of this conference. My contribution to this conference is maybe the preaching I'm preaching in. But how we got here, everything. And when you see her, she's calm. 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 But the current inside of her, you have no idea. You are in your church using your lady to serve Coca-Cola and biscuits you are going to take a loan to buy. And when you get up, you want them. You want your members. You want them to give themselves to you. They will never give themselves to you. As they are there in your church, other people are pastoring them. It's just out of sympathy they are still with you. Sympathy. There's nobody, living or dead, who is around me for, because of sympathy. If you like, close your eyes. And go to the car park and just touch anybody, boy or girl, and bring the person to me. I'll tell you what I have done for the person. That's right. You don't become a shepherd by dressing. You become a shepherd by sitting down to know what goes into the work. This conference may well be a first semester of a university course. Some of you, are, this is your university. This conference is your. Write your notes well, yes, because you are going to pass your exams. Working with human beings is a very complex undertaking. It is more difficult to learn how to relate with and influence human beings than to do heart surgery. This is a medical doctor, a top doctor. He says it's more difficult and complex to relate with people, your members, than to do surgery of the heart. Yes. And only a few people can make such comments. Somebody who knows both worlds. It's complex. Your members are going through things, situations and difficulties 
If only my pastor would call me and sit me down and talk to me. But no. You think the work of a pastor is just to preach a watery sermon on Sunday morning and go home. That's what most of us do. You know all the Guardian movies in town. All the jokes. All the anything happening in the system. You know it. The latest news. Last Tuesday, a few days ago, my, I mean, when we were having a, some, some lightness, some happiness, they came to show me some things happening in Ghana. I said, hey, are these things, is, is this Ghana? I said, oh, ah, but Bishop, don't you know what is, I said, I don't know what is going on. I don't know what is going on. And I generally don't know what is going on. I'm busily caring for my members. I'm busily planning what to do, how to do this, how to, ch- how to change this, how to go here, how to make this person do this, what to do, what work do I give this? I'm busy. I, je- I had never even heard of it. They were shocked. Are you here or are you going home? Key number 12. You see, let me just say something the Holy Spirit is talking to me about. Well, I've said it. I don't know why he's asking me to repeat it. Maybe he wants to just wants me to repeat myself. He said to me to tell you, that is why most pastors don't have anybody. A lot of pastors sitting here, if you die, God forbid, you die now, your church will collapse. There's nobody. There's no one to help you. Like how Bishop Intafo taught us yesterday about the lay ministry. To do the lay ministry, you know, I will talk about it when I come to gathering. Gathering. But let me just say that. Your members, they are not just sitting down for you to use them. What you were saying yesterday is based on an assumption that you are a good pastor. I see. That you have loved your members. That they felt your sacrifices and your love and your care. That's the assumption. You can't just get up and say, hey, you, uh, uh, go and be the pastor of that branch. Hey, you, I'm going to train you uh, to, to, to go to Agboba to start a branch. You, when you finish training her and she goes for the first week, first month, First three months, when they have got 16 members, she'll be coming back to you. When it becomes 200 and offerings every Sunday, 24,000 CDs, you will never see the pay. They will change the name of the church. Oh, yes. Yes. Because, you, because they know that they are reacting to a wicked man. That's why ministry is not done with employees. Real ministry is done with sons and daughters. Can you imagine my daughter running, running away to, to Hohoi with my car? I gave her my car to just go take her friends to school. And before I know she's in Hohoi. Daddy, I've run away. I don't like you. No, no, no. There's nowhere on earth she will find the type of love I have loved her. Yes, she will never. No matter which... Let me not continue speaking. 
But some of you, your members are, are you, I'm telling you, there's a pastor here. Your members wish you were dead. I'm not, please don't laugh. Don't laugh. I'm not joking. It may not concern you. Some of you here, the, the, some members wish that you are out. Not, not because you are a hard man. No, 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 no. You see, our members, they, they even want hard leadership. Yeah. It's like women. You see them as they are walking around, women, they, they look strong and whatever. They want a man who is strong. They want a man who says, no, I know, I, I don't want this. No. Okay, yes. This, who loves them but also say, no, I, 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 don't, I don't want this. They don't want a man who eh, you want to go to town. Okay, when will you come back? Okay. Please call me before I come. Or should I come and pick you from town? Okay. You, you are traveling. Where? Your mother. Okay, go to your mother and come. Um, so, so what? You, you won't come. I'm going to the party. I said we should go. You, you won't come. Oh, okay. So, so what will you do? You will sleep. Ah, should I cover you with a cloth? Okay. When I go, I will call you. You are a useless man. I said you are a useless man. I said you are a useless man. The woman, the man a woman wants to marry is the man who says, you don't want to go, please dress up. We are going. I need to be with you, baby. We are going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No, 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 no. We are going. We are going. We are going. No, 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 no. Please don't do that. Please don't sit in front and be sending text messages when I'm preaching. It disturbs me. Please don't do that. Please. If you must send a text, open your bag and do it. And, uh, and please, it's lunch. You know, um, in two hours' time, please leave. Yeah. I, I'll change my mind. I want to eat. Uh, fried fish and banku. No, no. But you said you wanted jollof. No, no, no. I don't want jollof anymore. Fried fish, please. So in two hours' time, you, you go. Don't worry. You, you go. But there's no car. Take chocho. And please come back in about three hours' time. I need to eat them. A woman wants a man. A man who takes decisions. Who takes decisions. Oh, that's not what you like. Exactly. Otherwise, she would have married another woman. Why do they think they want a man? It's the same way a church member also wants a pastor who is strong and who leads the people, but is a lover at heart. Jesus, help me to preach. You have mixed yourself with the tables and chairs in your church. You don't talk, no comment. Even your preaching is bad. Nobody has told you. Today is the first time I'm telling you. You, you, Kai. No. Do you know who a good preacher is? A good preacher is not somebody who can quote scriptures from his head. Or who can connect Nahum to Hezekiah and then come back to Hebrew and and then use something from Philemon to link what was in uh, Exodus to prove the point that what was being said in Numbers 16 is a real point. Based on the Hebrew and, 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 and Greek exegetical hermeneutics. Useless. The pastor 
whose ministry touches lives is the one who preaches and uses examples the members can understand. That's how Jesus preached. He preached with stories. A certain man had two sons. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Stories. And those stories were practical stories. Now, 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 hear this one. To get these practical stories, you must relate with people. It is in relating with your church members and so on. That's what, last, last Saturday, this is my church. This is the church I pastor. My, my members, weddings, everything here. But somehow, I just wanted to be kind to a brother who had done something for me. So I went to another branch to officiate a wedding. That was my first time of officiating a wedding there. And by stepping out of my church to go to another church to officiate a wedding, I learned something. I saw something I've never seen before. That the bridegroom, a bridegroom, can buy fake shoes. Fake shoes. Brand new shoes he wore in the morning. All he did was to walk with the shoes to the church and to dance. Uh, I was going to say, then I'm assassin. The song. Um, just one dance the, the shoes the cross there were golden crosses on the shoe when he finished dancing we couldn't find one cross you see how you are happy and uh, when you are preaching you must you, you must preach with windows we call them windows some of you, your preaching is, 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 is airtight. And to hear, to come up with nice stories that make up the point, that help to explain a verse. Jesus Christ, he used parables to explain Isaiah. He used parables and stories to explain that he said, so well did Moses say, but I also say, and he said it, and he said, and a certain man Explaining what Moses had said. Explain, when you don't have stories, your preaching is at, it's like it's like it's like a it's like a prison. And to have such stories, you must leave your world and step out. Talk to your member, talk to that lady, talk to that brother, talk to this person. Talk to this person. There's nothing as exciting as your members hearing you say something that they, they can relate to it. It even makes you prophetic. Yes, it even makes your preaching prophetic. Because you speak with insight. Insight. When you speak and you give an example, it is, it is something they can relate. Most of the time, my members come to church with, with their mind to see me after church. They don't see me. After church, they go. And mo- but I've got plenty of such texts. What I was going to discuss with you, you preach about it. You preach about it. I don't need to see you anymore. Relate. It's complex. So start it now. When you relate to your church members, you will discover and they will know. Like me, everybody around me, boy or girl, man or woman, 
they know that my love for this one is special. My love for this one is special. Based because no two people have the same problems. So when this one sees me with this one, they're happy. There's no problem because they know that the love I have for the person that we engage on a special level. Special level. But you, the only person you talk to is your wife. And, and, and your wife hasn't told you. She has told me. She doesn't even like your conversation. It's boring. She just has to sit down and listen to you. Because, look, look, let me tell you. To speak with sense, to speak with substance, you must know what is going on around you. So, so another point he makes, he said, become a good shepherd by calling your sheep by name. By name. John 10, 27. And the sheep. Hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name. Pastors, let me tell you, this is one of the most important pastoral techniques. And you know something? Especially as you get a little older. You will never know. You don't learn names like you learn plants about plants in agric. Like your pesicum escolentum, uh, hydraticus, this, that. No. Your, your members, they may be trees, but they are not plants. You just sit down. Hey, the, the, the four of you sit down. Sit down. All of you sit down. Michael, Emmanuel, Susie, Emilia, Kwame, yeah. Wait again. Michael, Susie. Your members are not plants. To, to, know, to, to know somebody by name, there must be a relationship. There must be a connection. Something must connect you. That when you, when you see the person, it triggers a name. You don't just search your members and let, uh, um, yes, you are coming. No, 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 sorry. I'm young. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I'll keep trying. You will try. See, the reason why Jesus Christ said he calls his sheep by name is that he was trying to show that he has a relationship with the, with the sheep that is deeper than just learning names. You don't learn names. Have you not known or have you not experienced somebody before the person became very close to you or you got to know the person? You were always getting the name wrong. But when the person became close, you were relating at different levels. Oh, you, you know the name. You know the name. You know the name. You know the name. Because names are not just learned. Names, knowing of someone's name is a direct result of a certain depth of relationship. It's a, a good shepherd must know the names of the sheep. One of the tasks, and it's a task 
No member wants to be called her. Darling. Um, opana. Opana. What? Eh. <laughs> the man in the yellow. Oh! Look, there is something. There's nothing as beautiful as having a lot of people there. And when the pastor is passing, you say, Alice, how are you? Beautiful. That is what God got Zacchaeus to, to, to repent. Among the crowd, he raises and says, Zacchaeus, you are important to me. Come down. Jesus, I feel like preaching now. Zacchaeus, not the man, the short man on the tree. Zacchaeus, he couldn't believe it. When your name is mentioned in the crowd, I mean, take, give me 10,000 cities. I don't like it. Just mention my name in a crowd of 1,000. I will love you forever. I said, just mention my name. Can you imagine as I'm preaching? I said, Emilia, how are you? How about children? Beautiful. Emilia's day has been made totally. May you learn to call Zacchaeus by his name Zacchaeus. Don't say short man. But even here, there are many types of short men. You want to have members? That's why. And, and you see, the point Bishop Interfo made yesterday, I've not heard anybody make that point. And he didn't make it because he was in this conference or trying to, to, to patronize me. The truth is that church, uh, what's the name? The art of shepherding is the most important art. It comes number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight, number nine. Before church growth is number ten. Believe me. Church growth is at the bottom of the list. Bottom. Why? Because a church growing is a result of people staying. And people staying is a result of an anchor, a relationship that anchors them. If you can master the art of shepherding, you won't even need to read a book on church growth. Oh, I'm telling you. Look, look, do you think a mother, a mother who gave birth to a baby last week at Dodoa Hospital, do you think that at the hospital, the doctors will give the mother a, a book about breast anatomy and the ejection, milk, milk ejection reflex or the suckling reflex? No. No mother reads a book on the anatomy of, of the breast. The lactiferous ducts and the uh, 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 many things. No, prolactin, oxytocin, hormonal exchanges in the in the pituitary axis. No. A charcoal seller, when she gives birth, the breast milk will come out naturally. Why? Because if only you can get the technique of putting the baby well and m- making the making the baby. Circle well. Put position. 
the rest of it, eh, the body has already taken care of it. Everything. Everything will come inside. It's because, I'm telling you, it's because you are a bad pastor that we must teach you how to grow a church. Good shepherds, good shepherds, their churches grow naturally. They grow. Oh, of course, you need to know techniques, things to do. But I'm telling you, give me the church growth book. Church growth. Believe me. Believe me. If you believe in God, believe also in me. This book will never amount to much to you without this book. This one, Art of Shepherding. It comes number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight, number nine. Before this one comes number ten. Even the church growth book, you will learn about shepherding things inside it. Better take your time and learn how to be a pastor. Learn how to be a shepherd. Learn it. After these many years of ministry, you should have a better church to show for your work. But you still have not found your way to the city because you don't know how. Please sit down. I've not finished. Become a good shepherd by calling your sheep by name. It's more important to learn. And by calling your sheep by name, it, 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 it actually means become a good shepherd by relating with your members. I'll say it again. The human beings sitting in the church are not plants. Many times, it says, no one enjoys being a nameless figure or just another statistic. No one enjoys being hissed at or being referred to by his problem. No, no, not you. No, no, no. The woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of... Yes, please come. Uh, um, please, on your way, call me uh, uh, the blind man, blind Bartimius. No. Nobody wants to be called by his problems. Uh, yes, at the back. The man whose child died last week. Yes. Please see me after church. Right. And um, I'm preaching today from John 15, verse number 10. And I believe that today, as I talk about fruit bearing, um, no, no, the, yes, the one who, I, no, no, yes, the one whose wife beat him last week. Yes, you are the, yes, you. After church, please, I want to have a discussion. Yes, we are talking about fruit bearing, how to be fruitful. Why? Who wants to be called by his, by his problems? But he says, many people's names are forgotten and their problems are used as names. For instance, the pastor may say, bring me the woman with the issue of blood. I, I, I didn't even know that. That was even here. 
Why is the baby whose child oh, the, the examples are here. I've not even read it. <laughs> Why is the lady whose child died last week? I can't believe that the, the, the things I'm saying are here. Oh, is it all? How is the brother whose chickens were eaten by a cat? <laughs> also, no one enjoys being referred to by some vague vague names like the upstairs people or the foreigners. Learn the names of people and they will love you just for that. Clap your hands for Jesus. It even gets nice when she's called Beatrice and even you even take her to the next level. Oh, Sister B. Let's call Sister B to give us a song. That person feels good. Look. My dear friend, Jesus Christ related with people. He mentioned names. He mentioned names. He called Simon. He called Philip. He called J- He mentioned people's names. I want you today to, 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 to please write it down now that I will learn the names of people by relating more closely with them. Remember, this conference is about obedience. Obedience. And we are going to pray about these things. We are going to pray about them. Yes. So, 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 the first thing you do as a pastor is to feed your members with yourself. You are the first thing they need for their satisfaction. They want to bond with you. Oh, and while we are at it, just lift your hands and pray. Just lift your hands and pray. Look, please, please, please put your hand down. What you've heard this morning, I will not be disturbed if you leave this conference and you go for some of you here it's enough it's enough listen listen your members the first food they want is you. They are not interested in your too many Greek words, too many Hebrew words, your powerful preaching, explanation and linking of scriptures. They want you. The first food sheep want is the shepherd himself to be with them.
in fact it is because the shepherd is with the sheep that the sheep will say I shall not want I shall not want he may not have any money but he knows that once a shepherd is with him and the shepherd has given himself to him he will have something to eat ladies and gentlemen the art of shepherding as we go on you will understand why your ministry is the way it is some of you don't know why your ministry is great I'm explaining to you why it is great you don't know that all these years you've given yourself to your members that is why they're around you I'm saying that if you like let me give you the task of organizing this conference next year that is when you will realize that it is not easy to come by people and people are not fools you will never get from them what you have not put inside them and the first thing they want inside in their hearts in their minds in their businesses in their marriages in their issues is you you If they can have you, they will not lack. They will not lack. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Does not mean that the sheep has everything. (laughs) How can the sheep have everything? But he knows that if my shepherd is with me, I don't even need to have things around me. Whatever I need at any particular time, once I have my shepherd, it is provided for me. I don't need 10,000 things around me. All I need is my shepherd. I said, the first thing you feed with is you. Lift your hands, please. I know you are founder. I know you are a senior pastor. I beg you to lift your hands. We are going to pray and say, Father, teach me how to give myself. Like in marriage, we teach women how to give themselves to their husbands. We teach men how to give themselves to their wives. Today, I'm teaching you how to give yourself to your members. Lift your hands and begin. Open your mouth and pray and say, Lord, teach me this art. There can never be church growth without shepherding pray the first meal is you Open your mouth and pray. 
We've not finished praying. We are praying and asking the Lord. You see, why, why are we praying? Why do we pray? Jesus said in Matthew 7, that if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, verse 11, Matthew 7, verse 11, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to them that ask? We are saying that, Lord, here in this room, transform my ministry by changing my heart towards my sheep. Look, if you can learn how to give yourself to your members, you will, you, you, you see, it's not only the sheep which will never lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The, the shepherd also never lacks sheep. Some of us here, our ministries are going to be transformed by these things you've heard this morning. You are going back as a new type of pastor. Yes. Any member of yours you see, you will remember that I told you. Relate. Give yourself to the yes. So we are praying again and saying, Lord, Jesus. transform my ministry. Transform. Transform my ministry. Transform, Lord. Transform my ministry. Change my church. Oh, change. Take me to my next level. Take me to my next. I thank you for where I am. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for my 500 yes. members. I thank you for my 100 members. Yes. But the next level, oh, it takes shepherding together. Yes. Open your mouth and begin it to pray right now. Pray. Lift your hands and pray. Lift your hands and pray, please. Maye katorobosa, Ramba mayan dalaba bayan delebe, Rimini masande. Transform my life. I'm a choir leader. I'm a branch pastor. Change my ministry. Change my church, Lord. Transform me, Lord. Transform me, Lord. 
I am a shepherd. Transform my ministry, Lord. Imamo lobo sota. Imalababa satalababa. Rimini masandalababababa. Keep praying. Your prayer is changing your ministry. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Soto, represent You may please be seated. So, Isaiah gives us the template for the shepherding ministry in Isaiah 40 verse 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are young. So we are now on just the first one. Number one, feeding. And we have established the fact that the first ingredient you feed your sheep with is yourself. 
yourself. The second ingredient you feed your sheep with is exactly what God said you should feed your sheep with. Jeremiah 3.15 Knowledge and understanding. He said, and I will give you shepherds, pastors. Yesterday, I established the fact that the word shepherd and the word pastor are synonymous. They are all, they are one word and the same word. Actually, in Yoruba, in Yoruba, Nigeria, is there any Nigerian here who speaks Yoruba? The word for shepherd and the word for pastor are the same. The same word they use for shepherd. Is there any Nigerian who speaks Yoruba here? Oh, I can't see the hand, please. Oh, yes. Please come and tell me the, 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 the Yoruba word for Pastor. Oh, only one is okay. Or your brains are attached. <laughs> yes. What is the yes come? What is the Yoruba word for pastor? Pastor. Sorry. Oh. Hold the microphone and speak. No, no, no. Are you a rapper? Olushua Guta. Again. Olushua Guta. Normal Yoruba language. Yes. Pastor. Yes. Oh, call my pastor for me. How will you say it in Yoruba? Good. Olushua Guta. And then, what word, what is the word for shepherd in Yoruba? Olushua. 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 You see, so, 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 Nigerians are the original Jews. Thank you. <laughs> a shepherd is a pastor. If you see, in fact, in the, the first section of the, this book, The Art of Shepherding, Bishop teaches many chapters from what a real life shepherd experienced in his work as a shepherd caring for sheep. Very practical. The first section. So, he said, and I will give you, look, pastors, don't let the prophets frighten you. Don't let the apostles frighten you. You know, Paul said, the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The church, the foundation of the church is the apostles and the prophets. That's true. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Period. Now, but 
when God wanted to introduce himself to the world, when God was looking for a representative, someone to represent him to his sheep, he did not choose a prophet. When God was trying, was looking for an office that reflected his heart, his heart, the heart of God, it's not the apostle. It's not a prophet. He said, and I will give you pastors according to my heart. That is, that is the ministry that reflects the heart of God. Of course, you can understand. The heart of God is the heart of a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The heart of God is the heart of a shepherd. Now, he said, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Who shall feed you with what? Knowledge. Knowledge and understanding. After a pastor gives himself to his members, to his sheep, the next big thing is his ability to give the members knowledge and to give the members understanding. <laughs> so Jesus Christ's life and ministry, he was always moving about preaching and teaching and helping people to understand. The shepherd must gather the sheep and carry them and gently lead them to the place where he can feed them. The shepherd must feed the sheep with knowledge and understanding. The knowledge of God. A pastor. You must teach. You must feed your members with the knowledge of God. The fear of God. And the spiritual understanding that will greatly transform the lives of your members. You see, turn your Bibles to Acts. Acts chapter 3. Let's read the words of Peter. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, 
but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. For you, for you as a shepherd to feed people, you must have something to feed. I'll say it again. The, the, the feeding ministry, you see, to feed, you must first of all have it. So, one of the duties of a shepherd is the duty of acquiring knowledge, acquiring knowledge, getting knowledge. Deliberately and intentionally keep looking for knowledge. One of your work, your, 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 your duties as a shepherd, we must find you doing things. And when we ask you what you are doing, you, sh- we sh- you should tell us that you are acquiring knowledge and understanding and when they ask you to do what your answer should be that your work is to feed people with knowledge and understanding and you cannot feed people when you yourself have not acquired the knowledge i will give you Five areas. Five areas of knowledge every pastor must have. If you are a good shepherd, hmm. number one, The knowledge of his will for your members. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Feed with what? Knowledge. There are generally five broad areas of knowledge. And every pastor must have a first class in, that, in, those, in these areas. Number one is the knowledge of the will of God for your members. Look, please lift your heads and let me tell you. Paul talks about the knowledge of his will. The will of God. Please raise your heads and let me tell you something very, very, very personal. As a pastor, there is something called the will of God. Which is what Jesus Christ spent hours praying for. Lord, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. I pray it 
I'm sure you also pray it. I'm sure your members pray it. The will of God is important. But, listen carefully to this. Apart from the will of God that we pray to God for, a pastor in your work as a pastor, as a shepherd, you will need, you see, we expect you sometimes to be like a magician. We expect you. That's why if you, I said, you must have knowledge of the will of God for your members. That is, there is a certain will of God. You must tell your members that this is the will of God for you. Yes. And that is it. There are certain things a pastor does not tell the member or the sheep to go and pray to God for his will. You are supposed to know the will of God for your members. Once again, if you have not already given yourself to them, bonded with them to know them very well, you will never know the will of God for your members. It is not every will of God that your members must pray for. It is not every will of God. There are certain things your members need to know and to do that you must be the one to tell them. Oh yes, as a pastor, I reserve the right to tell my member Alex that marry Cynthia. Don't marry Annabelle. Yes. If you are a good shepherd and you know Cynthia, you know Annabelle, you know Alex, you should know the will of God. Apart from the general will of God that a Christian must marry a Christian, the pastor can get into certain specifics. Knowledge of the will of God for the members. I've been in my office. My members have brought me two letters of employment and conditions of work and whatever. What's the name? Condition of service. They brought it to me. I read. I read. They are expecting me. They don't need God. They are expecting me, the pastor, to say, should I do this one or should I do this one? Direction. And I've had to choose. Don't do this one. Do this one. And if you, the pastor, don't have that knowledge of the will of God for your members, you will not know. Because one of them pays the member $12,000. One of them pays the member $8,400. But you tell him to choose the 8,000 one because you know that there's a clause in the $12,000 one which makes the person work on Sundays. And this guy, Alex, he's not a proper believer. If you, if you release him to, to go and earn $12,000 and go to, go to work every Sunday, you have lost him forever. So you prefer the, the knowledge of God's will for him. You prefer that he takes the 8,400 one and be in church.
all of us i have i owe it to myself to see god faith for the his will for my life you too every member must pray but there are times they came to jesus and said, what should we do what should we do what should we do that is why you see that's why the first thing a pastor feeds his sheep is himself if you've not given yourself and related well with the members you will not know that one of the ladies has such a unique problem and you know alex that he doesn't like this type of problem and he doesn't know because he only sees the thighs and the breasts and the hair but you beyond the hair you know you know you know eva very well that she doesn't bath in the night and alex doesn't like a woman who doesn't bath So, so there are, there are times a pastor, a real pastor, operates like a prophet. Even though he's not a prophet. I'm, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet. I'm a teacher. I'm not a prophet. But you ask my church members. I operate deeply in the prophetic. That's right. But I'm not a prophet. That's right. Because I need it. I need a certain frequency of spiritual ministration to be able to feed my members with the will of God for their lives. So even I've got in this church, everybody say everybody should be a shepherd, you serve God, be a home cell leader. Every but there's some members I tell them, don't be a home cell leader. Don't be. Don't, no, don't do this. Some members I tell them, don't do this work. You've just come, I know you a little. Say, don't do this work. Because I know, even though he has a good voice, if I put him in the car, he's going to clear the girls like a clearing agent. (laughs) You, You may ask, but are you God? Have you taken on the role of God to determine how do you know that whether God wants the man to be in follow up? Or should be in intercessors, or should be in the choir. How do you take on the the, the role of? And that's how Moses was accused. He was accused the same accusation that you 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 make yourself like God because the truth is that there's a time when a pastor must make himself like God. Yes, you speak like God. You take decisions like God. That's why God actually told Moses, told Aaron, that Moses will be like God to you. A real shepherd is like God. You take decisions, you, t- you, you, you give instructions that are like God. Giving instructions. You don't say go and pray. We expect an answer from you. That is why if you are a pastor, you see, you can understand why Bishop will say pastoring is more difficult than being a medical doctor. Yeah. There's a point where you, you, you are almost like God. You, you take decisions as if you are God. And the truth is that a pastor is like God. A pastor, Jeremiah 3.15, represents God. Is it not interesting? Is, I'm asking a question. Is it not interesting that 
the role of a pastor makes the pastor more like God than even a prophet. But today, because we are bad pastors, prophets are rather the ones when they speak, it's like the God, God, God is some, some prophetic word of knowledge. And so, but rather it is a pastor. A pastor who must speak like God. A pastor who must minister. If there's anybody who is coming with God's mind and God's heart, is a pastor. What shall I do? Always they were asking Christ, what should we do? How can we do this? And he had an answer. Can you imagine? Pastor, look at this crowd. This is how this place looks like on Sunday. Yes. And upstairs is full. On Sunday. This cannot be, it's not for this conference. The canopy you are seeing here is not for the conference. It's a church meeting hall. The, uh, the screens there are not for the conference. On Sunday, I've got church members sitting there. And we have two of such services. We fail, fail, fail times two minimum on Sunday. Do you think I can stand here and minister to such crowds? Without the ability of guiding them into the will of God for their lives, you are joking. To, to, you, to be a certain level of pastor, a certain level of shepherd, you must have spiritual insight and spiritual authority and say that, I say, I say, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Yes, go. Sit here. Join this group. Break up the relationship. I mean, it's almost like God. That's why you must, you the pastor, must spend time with God to be infused with the knowledge of the will of God for your members because it is not every will of God for your members that your members will pray to God for. You, the pastor, must know it. And that's why Bishop says in the art of sharpening, that, see, one is asking you, the pastor, to visit your members, to bond with your members, to know them by name, to relate with them. He's giving you the, the platform on which you will know the members so well that when you are speaking, you speak like a prophet. Number two, the knowledge. What's the first knowledge you must have? You see, if you don't have it, you can't give it. Peter said, What I have, please, money, honestly, 10 Ghana, I don't have it. I guess that is why they were powerful. Because today the pastors, they have the money, but not the power. The money you are asking for, honestly, I can't give you. But I have something. You can never give what you don't have. So today, I'm sending you to wait on God. 
That's why a pastor, a shepherd, must have the list of your members. We call it making mention prayer meetings. Making mention prayer meetings. Yes. We ask the shepherd, don't come to church. Be at home, 7 p.m. to 8.30. Be in your room. If your house is a compound house, go to your friend's house, Eva's house, and be with her. But Thursday evening, 7 to 8.30, you make mention, Ajua or Safo, you are praying. Father, I pray for Ajua or Safo, Ikatarababayanda. And as you are speaking, the knowledge of the will of God for Ajua is coming into you as a pastor. Everybody lift your two hands and ask the Lord. Father, send me help. 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 Let's, let's pray. Pray. Help. I'm not talking about members or leaders or choir. Help. Help me in my work. Send me help, Lord. 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 Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I feel somebody has been ministered to by an angel. Number two. The second type of knowledge is the knowledge of the word of God. Know the word of God. Paul told Pastor Timothy, study to show yourself approved. Study. A workman who does not need to be ashamed Many pastors are in disgrace. A pastor, look, one of the sources of knowledge you must have is the knowledge of the word of God. One of the reasons why I love the, the, the books written by Bishop Dagwood Mills is that the books are full of scriptures. Scriptures Explaining scriptures Introducing scriptures The knowledge, church growth The biblical basis 25 reasons Why you must have a mega church Each reason has a scripture as a foundation Pastor, your work is not to learn Nigerian proverbs There are pastors when they are speaking you, may, you wonder whether he's a linguist He speaks like somebody with some, like He has been before a chief For a very long time Know the word of God Today, modern ministry, pastors, modern 21st 
century pastors, we speak like rappers. The words have to rhyme. Oh, yes. Words that sound, it's, it's, like, it's like nice sounding presentations. Fine. But if you know, if you don't know the word of God, you are an empty and a clanging symbol. There are pastors today who don't read their Bible and pray every day. Yeah. You see, that, that song, there's a book. Read your Bible and pray every day. It's not for toddlers. It's not for class six boys and girls. Rather, this is for pastors. Oh, yes. But because one reason why I know that this is not for toddlers or this type of eight-year-old is that some of the words in the Bible are too big. They can't even pronounce it. You, the pastor. Bible reading is not for your church members. Everyday Bible, everyday praying is for you. A pastor, you must be up in your room praying in the night. Praying, reading your Bible. By 2.30 this morning, I was up. Before I've come to stand in front of you, I've spent hours. Because in the ministry, it's not where you are standing that matters. Listen carefully. Those of you with colored lights in your church. In the ministry, it is not where you are standing that matters, but where you are coming from that matters. Gabriel said, I'm, I'm speaking this way because I came from the presence of God. In the ministry, where you came from is more important than the carpet you are standing on. Where do you come from to speak on Sunday morning? Where do you come from to speak to your members? What are you standing? I'm, I'm standing on solid ground. I'm explaining to you. When you go to a church, you see the pastor is passing a big church. It's not always that he has killed a cow in the ground and the maggots is the members spiritually. Ask, what do you do? And most of the time, the big things, please, at the back, can you hear me? The sound is not too great, but can you hear me at the back? Is it clear at the back? Don't worry. It will be, it will be, it will be sorted out. In life, the big impressive things 
they take their sources from places you will never see. You see, you see, like if you come to this conference, for instance, this was this a marriage conference or a prosperity conference. It's a church work conference. Rarely do you find such conferences anywhere in the world today. Church building, I mean practical church, book, book, books about church, you know how pastors can relate with kings and priests. When you come and you see this, the thing that made this happen, you will never see it till you die. What you will see is the pastor preaching. And the pastor preaching is not, unfortunately, what you need to see. You will never. That's why one of the greatest privileges God will give anyone is a privilege to come near a certain man of God or woman servant of God, near enough to see things you will never hear them say. So the Bible, the Gospels are in black and red. Red is the sayings of Jesus and black is the doings of Jesus. The few people who were privileged to be in the room where he was sharing communion and what he said. But few people who were privileged to be around. It's not everything that is said. When you see a woman who is pregnant, what she did to get that pregnancy, you will never see it. All what you will see is antenatal clinic and scans. You will never, the, 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 the original thing, Pastor, I'm, I'm saying to you that hide in your room and, and study. Otherwise, your ministry will be a shameful ministry. Second Timothy 2. You don't need to have a shameful ministry. That a workman that needed not to be ashamed. A pastor doesn't have to be ashamed. But some of you, your ministry is a shameful ministry. I'm sorry. Let's speak the truth. For once. After tomorrow, we'll continue lying. I said, only today, let's be the truth. Tomorrow morning, we start lying. What you have that you are calling a ministry is shameful. And the reason why it's shameful is that you have not given yourself to studying. Studying what? The word of God. Which includes listening to messages this website Doug he would mails audio this if you go here you, you, you will receive messages preached 20 years ago the messages he preached to lay the foundation for a 3000 church ministry you get them here. Listen. All these are part of the knowledge acquisition. It's not just reading. Dag, you want mails audio. Dag, you want mails podcast. If you have a smartphone, I will encourage you. 
subscribe to Dag Your Mills podcast. Listen to messages. A pastor who, who, who is building a church. He is building a church. You will hear what a pastor who is building a church says. Different from a pastor who is raising businessmen to affect their generation. They are two different pastors. And both of them are from God. The pastor who is raising leaders for their generation. He's from God. Everybody must have one. So if your own is to raise generational leaders who impact their, their world, then this is a wrong conference for you. Please, why don't we take a break? Call Uber. This is not for you. There are certain messages you need. You won't get them here. This one is for the type, not this type, the type of ministry where we build churches. This one, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I don't know who called you or which advert you saw. But this one is not the generational leaders one. This one is for pastoring the church members to be spiritual and go to heaven and to grow the church. That is what we are doing here. I'm sorry that you got the wrong message. And I'm saying that when you listen to Dag Ward Mills podcast, you will hear the type, the pastor who wants to build a church. What he says. This one. So just get the podcast. When you go there, the podcast app, you just type Dag Ward Mills. It will come up. It says subscribe. Then you press yes. Everything you say yes. Subscribe yes. You download yes. Every never say no when you are doing podcast. Everything is yes. <laughs> you get his messages. He preaches on Sundays, crusades, conventions, conferences. It's all here. And I'm saying this again that this one. It's not the generational leader's side. This one is the one who is building a church. A pastor who is building a church says certain things. And this is it. And if you go here, this, is, this one is a website. You type. Like the pornography website. Greenmama.com and This one is also dagwardmills.org dagwardmillsaudio.org and when you go, you will have a treasure trove of audio messages. Then also, there's a website, dagwardmillsvideos.org. This one also is a website for videos. Those of you who are prepared with airtime, don't come here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but receive a time. Oh, I, I said receive a time. Like. Take it one. Receive a time. 
and when you get it, don't call Fulera or Aminatu. Use the airtime. Dark Ewald Mills. Everybody, everybody, please write this down. Dark Ewald Mills videos. Write it down. Write it. I'm giving instructions. Write it. Right. Even if you don't have a website, a, a, a computer, you, you write it. One day you have a computer. Dag, what mills videos? And then I want everybody here, Dag, what mills videos? Dot org. Dag, what mills audio, not audios. The video is videos. This is audio, not audios. Audio.org. Go there. Download messages. Pastor, you cannot give what you don't have. You know, when you're not a pastor, everything you do is for yourself. But when you are a pastor, there are certain things you read and you listen to purely because you have to minister it. It's also, it's, it's also necessary. Oh yes, we must, you must take heed to yourselves first. But there are times that there are certain, because you are a minister, like a doctor, a doctor, the things we read, it's not because we have cancer or it's for the patients. Once a while, recently I've had to do some readings for some health things for myself. But over 98% of my medical knowledge is not for me. I'm not I'm not even a woman. I I, I don't even I, I can't get pregnant. But I know I've read about the pathology, pathophysiology, hormone embryology, endocrinology of pregnancy. Which woman? It's not for me. So, so a pastor. Oh, please, can you hear me? Oh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? If you are a shepherd, there are certain things you do, not even for yourself, because you are going to minister it. You don't only read things for yourself. You have to read things for yourself. Have your quiet time for yourself. But after your quiet time, you must acquire knowledge for your members. Study. So, 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 my dear, a priest, turn your Bible to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My choruses are destroyed. And I'm talking about myself. In my church, my choruses are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. The knowledge, this knowledge, 
Many times we quote it wrongly. As if it's the people who must have the knowledge. This is the, 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 there are places in the Bible the people of God must have knowledge. But this is the second Timothy 2.15 time. My people, my children, my churches are destroyed because there is a lack of knowledge, not in the church members, but in the pastor. Ah, but read it here. He said, he said, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. So this is speaking to priests that your your ignorance is destroying your church. Something you don't know is destroying my people. And knowledge you don't have is destroying my church. Because as the priest is, so are the people. My people are destroyed because that is why one of the things, you know, you see, when you've not read your Bible and you are a secular Christian, you think like the world. That's why you realize that you think that God rejects. Interestingly, you see, the things are rushing in my, in my head. I, don't know, I must take my time to arrange the things. A lot of the things, they are rushing. My time is also up. I'll continue. Maybe we may need to extend this conference to next week because the things I must teach here, I don't think I'll finish teaching it. I, we may not finish these four points before Friday comes. Look, adultery is not God's number one reason for rejecting his servant, it's not a reason to commit fornication. But there are people. Who even killed husbands and took over wives? But they were still, God still called them after his son. Oh, of course, of course. If you are sleeping with church members, you, you, you are off. Oh, yes. Just, just a little time. I'm showing you today one of God's top criteria for rejecting a pastor is not pornography. It's not alcoholism. Ah, who is this man? Is it A. Allen? When he was a child, he, they used to give him alcohol. You are a theologian. Tell us a story. His parents were alcoholics. So, just as little babies go to bed with a milk bottle, he will go to bed with a bottle of alcohol. One of the top men God has used. He's one of God's generals. He was a drunkard. I think he died. Sorry. He was discovered dead in a hotel with bottles of whiskey. Is it the one the person who saw went to hide the bottles so that they wouldn't see? Yeah, but it was known. 
he was the, they found him dead in a hotel room with bottles of whiskey. Healing, power. You see, because there are certain weaknesses. You may not know how it came. I mean, if a boy, when he was six, seven years old, a homosexual had sex with his anus twice or thrice, he's changed. So he's, he grows up and doesn't understand why he must have sex with a woman. He's waiting for the day he will officially marry somebody who will continue the good work that was done in... in, in you don't understand what I'm talking about? There are people who are homosexuals today who were molested as children. And it takes a lot of work to overcome because there is also a sensation that comes from there. Yeah. We're lying. <laughs> That's a sensation. It gives a feeling. Only that the room smells of toilets. So when you see somebody struggling with homosexuality, you may think God doesn't like him. He's a pastor and he's a homosexual. Look, God is money. It's an abomination. It's demonic. It's demonic. Even animals don't do it. Read my lips clearly. Homosexuality is demonic. But I'm telling you that God, some of God's past, best pastors may be homosexuals. Because you may not know how he came about to be that type of person. So as you are condemning him, God is managing him and preserving him. Maybe God, because God may even kill him early just to relieve him of the whatever, but just to do something around. Maybe he may use him to minister to homosexuals or something. Do you want to know one of the non-negotiables? I'm saying that there are some people, they kill. He killed a man and slept with his wife. Or actually, he slept with his wife first, killed a man, and now took over the woman. Still! It's a man after God's heart. Hey, Nimiya. But I'm giving you one. One thing. And it's not adultery. One thing. And it's not homosexuality. One thing. And it's not stealing. As for that one, when you commit that crime, instant rejection. It is rejecting the knowledge that God brings to you at a conference, in a book, in a message, in a video. When you reject knowledge, it's worse than homosexuality. How do I know? I'm saying that somebody killed and was still a friend of God. Liars. Abraham, the father of faith, he was a liar. Don't, 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 don't start.
The men who were great in God's eyes, they had problems. But there's one thing. You may be a homosexual, you may be a thief, you may be a sexy dancer, but be very careful when it comes to knowledge. Don't joke with it because it is one of the foundations of a pastor's life. Because you've rejected knowledge, I'll reject you. I'll reject you. And, and, and you, in case you don't understand rejection, maybe he's going to reject you as a landlord or reject you as a singer. He said, Thou shalt be no priest to me. Some of you here, some of you here, somebody in your church is the real pastor of your church. You were rejected by God three years. There's a pastor here. God rejected you three years ago. Do you, do you know that when Moses, I said Moses, when Saul was sitting on the throne in Jerusalem, David was being anointed with oil as the real, real king of Israel. Many of you are sitting on wrong chairs. Ceremonial heads. You may call yourself the founder, but the real pastor of the church is somebody. Two times, first Samuel 10, then you go at him, first Samuel 16. Oil, Samuel anointed Saul, finished, anointed David. He, he, he couldn't believe it that as he was sitting there, in the bush, somebody in somebody's house was oil was being poured on his head. Oil, oil. He said, "You are the captain." First Samuel ten one. You are the captain. God has made you the captain. Meanwhile, if you went to the king's palace, Saul was there, madman sitting there. I said, "It is possible you have been rejected." We cannot, you know, in medicine we say, "Oh, we have ruled out tuberculosis." We have ruled out tuberculosis. We are now querying pneumonia, just bacterial pneumonia. But it is not. We've done this and then rule out. We've ruled out. It, it cannot be cox. It's not cox. But tomorrow, come for another test and let's see. Let's check your white cell count and go, do another x ray and see after a course of antibiotics. Let's see. We, we, we are suspecting it's back. But it's not tuberculosis. Some of you, we cannot rule out. We cannot say. That it is possible you are not the pastor of the church. You've been rejected. Spiritually, your power is not with you. Because of... Because if you are a pastor, your lack of knowledge does not just destroy you. It destroys my people. Hello. It, you, your, 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 your disinterest in reading. You are sitting here. There's a Macarius, 700 cities. A library that can turn your ministry into a million dollar ministry. He said, no. If you buy the 700, your Sunday banku will be compromised. Because the money you use for the banku, 
this is, is going to be affected. Based on your reaction to the Macarius, you have been rejected. Because some of you, God brought you here to this conference, not to listen to me. Who am I? He brought you here to buy the Macarius. He brought you here. He brought you here to, to know that there's a website called dagiwardmails.audio.org that there's a podcast. Yes, because this is the man I recommend highly that you form a joint with. I spoke about joints yesterday. Joint. It flows with supplies. A certain supply, you will never have it in your ministry if you don't have a joint with somebody. Can I give you one more area? My time is up. Number three. Knowledge number three. What's knowledge number one? The will of God for your members will require it from you. The second one is knowledge of the word of God. Number three, broad area. Knowledge of solutions to their problems. The problems your members have. This one is not will of God or whatever. I mean, the problem they have in their marriage. The problem the man has at work. You are supposed to have the solution. You must know. When I visit the homes of my members, I, I, I give them advice on how to improve the security of their house based on what I've learned from my pastor, Bishop Daguard Mills. The security problems. The marital problems, the health problems. You may not be a doctor, but you should be able to tell someone. Recently, I saw a brother. As soon as I saw him, I said, You know something? Go to a hospital and do a test. I couldn't believe it. When he went and came back to me, he said, There's something. A type of something he, has, he must have. If it is, let's say, 100, he's around 15. We are fasting. I said, from today, don't fast. Don't join the fast. Eat now. I called somebody, buy cane cake for now. Eat it. Look, if you are a pastor, it's not just checking where, though. Preaching powerfully, you must provide kinky. John chapter 6. When they were looking for food, they didn't go to a chef, they came to Jesus. Your member, the daughter, doesn't like learning. It's your problem as well. You see, you see, there is something called 
the ownership, a sense of ownership of a shepherd. If you don't have it, you are a prime minister. The sense is called the sense of ownership. Where you behave as if you own the members. Like, like I've gone to on, on visitation and then a wife annoyed me. I said, let's go to the bedroom now. I said, open the drawers. Bring the nighties, bring your panties, bring your clothes. Where's your husband? Hey, you too. Open the up, open your wardrobe. Bring everything. We sorted. I said, remove these panties. All of the holes inside. Some of them are like a, 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 a parachute. Parachute. Nobody will do it for them. You see, you see, you see that authority to enter a bedroom. Hey, don't try it. Don't try it. You must have a certain... The, the, your members must have felt you. You would have fed them, pastored them, ministered to them. It's like they see you. You see, Paul, 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 Paul. He told Philemon. He, he, he said, I, I, I've not told you. I've not told, but I'm telling you today. You, Philemon, you owe your life to me. That is not to God, though. Not to God. It's like you, the life you have, if you are alive, you owe it to me. Me, 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 Paul. Your life is, it belongs to me. If you pastor well, one day I told, I met a wife. She was playing tricks with me. Hide and seek. There's this. And I met her at the back somewhere. I asked her a question. She didn't. She said the answer was not good. I called the husband. I said, "Come now. I'm standing by the toilet." He came down. He said, "What are you doing?" He said, "Oh, I'm doing this thing." I said, "No, follow me." When they came to the car park here, so where is your car? Sit down. Enter the car. Oh, we have Sunday. Enter the car. Spark it. You two sit down. Said, "Go home. Have sex." Two rounds and come back and report yourself to me. Go and come. Go. I said, two rounds. When you finish, whether it is five o'clock or seven, come. If you come and I've gone to first love, send me a text and describe how everything went. Because the man is hungry. And the wife is playing games. But they need a pastor who will say, lie down now, lie down. Lie down. Remove your panties now, 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 now. Remove your panties. A shepherd, your members say, they expect you to solve their problems for them. They don't know anybody. You are the only. That's what the girl said. The girl told the bishop. He said, uh, "You were not there. You are the one I wanted. You sent your assistant pastor, the richest man in your church, whatever. Fine, but you were not there. I, I, I don't think you care about me. I don't think you care about me. And members have problems." So already you can see that as we are ending, you will see that your work is bigger than preaching for 45 minutes. (laughs) 
This Sunday, when you get into the church, you will jump into the church as if you are jumping into the sea. Solutions. Solutions. They come to me. He wants to buy land. He's got land at Agoba. He's got land at Oyibi. Which one should he choose? Am I a surveyor? (laughs) Am I a land guard? But they expect me to make a choice. Even the design of the house. I've been in my office. I'm not an architect. I'm not a draftsman. They'll bring the drawings. This is the drawings. Please, what, what should we do? When I finish and they start building, they invite me. Please come and inspect the rooms. I said, no, 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 no. Break this wall. Change this door. Seal this place. Don't use this veranda. You must know something as a shepherd. You are the only source of the problem, the solutions your members need. Nobody. Sorry, my time is up. But hopefully, in the afternoon, I'll have some one hour. We are going to receive a great man of God to minister to us at this time. So I want you to stand to your feet and lift your hands. You can clap. You can. You can clap. Now, if you are clapping, then clap well. Keep clapping. Do you believe you are becoming a good shepherd? Yes. I said, do you believe you are becoming a good shepherd? Yes. Lift your hands and continue the prayer and say, Lord, transform my pastoral oh, yes. ministry. Transform my pastoral oh, ministry. Transform my pastoral ministry. Transform my shepherdorial ministry. Transform it, Lord. Transform it, remind you again the work of a shepherd is a beautiful job (laughs) it is not a small thing I'm sure by this time you are beginning to understand the reason why you have lost hope But this conference marks the beginning of a resurrection of strength for your ministry. Moses 
told the three rebels. Number 69. Seemeth it, but a small thing. The ministry is not a small thing. It's, not a, it's a big thing. That the God of Israel will separate you from the congregation. Remember, everybody here, you were part of a congregation somewhere. And God separated you. To bring you near to himself. To do the service of the tabernacle. It's not. It's the highest promotion. If you are a pastor, you are higher than a doctor. Believe me. I know pastors who are lawyers. Pastors who are pharmacists. Pastors who are doctors. Who are enjoying a level of national recognition. And it is not because they were doctors. If they had been doctors, they would never. But building a certain type of ministry. As a great shepherd. Makes you a national asset. Lift your hands because you are the next great shepherd about to, to emerge. Yes. You are the next great shepherd. Yes. Open your mouth and pray again and say, God, lift up my pastoral ministry. Change my shepherding ministry. Change it, Lord. Change it, Lord. You may be seated. 